people first organizations will win in the future of work. Your only real asset is your people. We, we all, all want, want purpose-driven work. work. HR-led organization is I'm sorry, but leaders don't lead empty desks and empty shop floors. Welcome to the People Strategy Leaders Show. I'm your host, Sri Chalapa, founder and president of Engagedly, and a serial entrepreneur in technology, films, and music. This is where we talk to people leaders, business strategists, and organizational savants about leading in the time of change. What is working, what is not working, and more importantly, what we should be thinking about. Stick around to the end of the show. We will reveal how you can be our next guest. And now, let's engage. Hello, this is Sri Chalapa again with People Strategy Leaders Podcast. And today I'm joined with Ben Baker. Uh, ben has been for the last 25 years helping large to enterprise level companies communicate more effectively inside their organization. He believes in adding windows and doors to silos to shine light in dark places and let people understand the big picture. Through this, he enables companies to change successfully where most otherwise would fail. Well, thanks uh, for joining this uh, podcast with me, Ben, and I'm um, happy to have you. Hey, Sri, thanks for having me. I'm, I'm enjoying this conversation. So I think we're going to have a lot of fun. Yeah, definitely. You know, I think change is one of those things uh, we always talk about. Change is the only constant we have in our life and our organizations. But I want to say that the change we've had in the last two or three years takes that to another level. You know, um, I know I'm not, um, I haven't seen maybe that much of, of, of life as you have, but this is a big change that's going on in organizations with a couple of things, right? One is the whole movement to hybrid remote work environment. Second is, uh, despite having a recessionary environment, talent is still short. Uh, people still have uh, their say in the kind of jobs they want. Uh, you would expect in a in a recession that the unemployment rates would go up, but that's not the case. Um, how would you manage change in an environment like this? Where what are you telling the CEOs? Well, the first thing I need to bring people into as a, as a context is that change is something that's constant. Yeah, you know, there there's always change. We just need to be aware of it. We need to be always keeping an eye open for it. We always need to be sitting there going, "Where are we going?" where are we today and what are the things that are missing in our lives in order to be able to get there and whether that's people purpose or process we need to constantly be thinking about what's next and and you're right i mean the last two and a half years i mean there are people i know that haven't literally haven't been to the office since march 2020 mm-hmm. there are people that have been hired within organizations thousands of people that have been you know hired within organizations that have never met the person that they report to. And it's a change of mentality. I mean, a lot of it is our world has now become a Zoom environment. I mean, whether it's Zoom or whether it's any other platform you're looking for, we've gone from being face-to-face, handshakes, belly-to-belly, sitting down, having coffee, you know, shaking hands with people, to living our lives in front of a screen and engaging on a two-dimensional basis. And that that's a big thing. And that's hard, not only for people that are team members, but also for leaders. And we need to sit there and, as people sit there and say, okay, we need to be conscious of these changes. We need to be conscious of how does this make people feel? What, what are their ambitions? How is this limiting people? Or, or how is this making people better? 
and be able to sit there and say, okay, how can we take the advantages, the disadvantages, the good, the bad, and the ugly, and make it work for us in order to get to where we want to be? So it's a mindset shift more than anything, because there will be big changes in the future. There have been bigger changes in the past. It's just how we deal with them. Yeah. So what what are the common problems or questions that you are hearing from the CEOs and executives that you work with today? I, I think it's how to remain relevant, be able to remain relevant with customers, with employees, with uh, with uh, uh, with vendors. How do we remain relevant? How do we navigate the quote unquote new normal? How do we sit there and be able to differentiate ourselves? How do we make sure that we are perceived as valuable? How do we perceive ourselves as being knowledgeable and an asset when we're not face-to-face with people, when we're not able to have those you know, interactions on a personal level? And how do we become meaningful to people? And I think that that's the biggest question that I'm getting from people. And the answer is, it really depends. You need to take people on an individual level. And you need to be curious about people and you need to listen to people and you need to empathize with people. And if you're willing to do that, you're going to build the bridges that are going to allow you to differentiate. But, you know, how you're perceived as valuable to one person is going to be different from another. And we need to be flexible in, in, in our approach to how we're dealing with customers, with client, you know, with vendors and also with uh, with employees. Yeah. Yeah. So when you go into an organization uh, managing change and, you know, you do a lot of internal communications as part of change management, which is absolutely critical. What are some of the things that you see they are doing incorrectly that you typically notice right off the bat? I I think that there's a a thought process that if it works for one, it works for all. Mm -hmm. And that there's a cookie cutter approach and if it works for Google, it'll work for us. Or if it works for Netflix, it will work for us. And everybody's trying to sit there and reach for what is everybody else doing? And sit there and say, if it works for them, obviously it's going to work for our people. Well, our companies are different. Our customers are different. Our vendors are different. Uh, our, our culture is different. Our purpose, our mission, our vision are different. And everything needs to be customized. And we need to be able to take a look at it. What's the solution that's going to work for us, not a solution that's working for Google or Netflix or any of the fan companies, because just because it works for a multi-billion dollar organization doesn't mean it's necessarily going to work for a company of 25 people and, you know, 3.3.5 million dollars. Mm-hmm. We, we need to adapt to our sense of reality, what our sense of purpose is, what are our goals and be able to look at how are we going to move forward together. And that takes a lot of conversation. Yeah. Yeah. So um, what what's the number one reason some of these change initiatives that you see fail? Really, a lot of it comes down to ineffective communication. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, companies of 100,000 employees, and we'll take the big company first, lose somewhere in the neighborhood of about $62 million a year because of ineffective internal communication. Companies as small as 100 employees can be half a million dollars. And we just don't talk to each other. 
we don't listen to each other. We're, we're so worried about how does it affect my team that it does, it, we're not looking at how does it affect the organization? How does it affect customers? How does it affect our ecosystem? We're all worried about our own budgets and mandate and fiefdom that we're not looking big picture and we're not looking long-term. And I think that that's where we need to be starting to, to look forward. Yeah, yeah. So that's obviously not just communication and change management, it's also culture change at the managerial level and directorial level as well, which requires training and repurposing of their behaviors, if you will. So is that something you work on with them as well? Or is that something that the HR managers are tasked with? How does that really happen? You know what? It's all an ecosystem and it all has to work part and parcel. There, You can't just section something off uh -huh. and say, we're going to fix this and then everything else will come into play. Leadership development is, is a huge part of what we do in terms of giving them different tools to be able to communicate more effectively. Uh, we work part and parcel with HR departments. We work part and parcel with other consultants and be able to bring people in who can help build an ecosystem to enable people to be better together because there's all sorts of different facets that lead to the, in, you know, the change doesn't happen or culture is not happening or purpose is not being effective or whatever. And the question is why? And we need to look at companies holistically instead of just trying to sit there and say, it's that person's fault. We need to look and say, what's causing that person to be frustrated and look a little deeper. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So in many companies, you know, I've noticed uh, HR is given the task of doing this and the CEOs, uh, I feel like to just wash their hands off and say, it's your job and do it. I mean, do you see that a lot? Uh, because I, I used to see that back in the day when I was an employee and I was a consultant myself. Uh, and HR is stuck with making these changes without adequate support and behavior change at the executive level itself. Yeah, I mean, I've had more CEOs than I care to imagine tell me, it says, can you fix my teams? And the first answer I say is no. Because if you're not part of the solution, you are the problem. And executive teams need to be bought in. They need to sit there and say, it's their job as much as anybody else's to roll up their sleeves and to be an example. Because if HR starts mandating whatever to the rank and file, and they see that the senior executives are playing by a completely different set of rules, nobody's going to buy into the change. Right. If everybody isn't changing, if everybody isn't bought in, if everybody isn't singing from the same song sheet, guess what? You're never going to get harmony. Yeah. 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 And that's that's the key, right? The, the, having that level of uh, authenticity and behavior change at that level is what requires, it, it's what is required to build trust. And trust is what will require, is, is required to build the change that you're looking for in the organization. You know, I was fascinated when I was looking at, uh, I was uh, watching the, I don't know if you saw that video of uh, the Chinese premier getting uh, nominated for the third time, which was a new record. And everybody in the front, none of them had to wear a mask. And then if you look at the tables behind them, and you know, I think it was Deng Xiaoping or whatever this, the name of the, the premier is. And then everybody behind them, had to wear masks. So everybody's wearing masks. They're all dressed the same. They're all wearing red ties, like literally red 
colored ties. But the front row, nobody had was wearing a mask, but everyone else was. So it's like, if you behave like that, I mean, that's, you have lack of trust. At that point, it's you're running by fear. You're not running by trust. You're running an organization based on fear and not by trust. And I think for a change to happen effectively, uh, especially in the Western uh, civilization, um, it has to be based on trust and the changes made uh, at the top and not just dictated down to the people below. Yeah. Change based on fear never works long term. You know, it may be effective in pushing through a mandate for a short period of time because I said so, you know, tends to work for about 15 minutes. But mm-hmm. after that, it tends to wear off. And I think that organizations where people see that senior leadership is do what I say and say what I do is very effective. If people can sit there and say, okay, the senior leadership not only is saying that we need to be doing this, but they're doing it themselves. Mm-hmm. That builds the no like, and trust. That builds the respect. That builds the, wait a second there, if they're wearing a mask, maybe I should wear a mask. If they're washing their hands, maybe I should wash my hands. If they're you know meeting a customer or treating a customer this way, maybe that's the way I should be treating a customer. It, we, we are what we emulate. I mean, we emulate what we see. And I think that if we're seeing people saying one thing and doing another, we don't know what to believe. And then we tend to believe actions, not words. Yeah, yeah. So does it get, uh, does the change management and communication get even more complicated? Because, I mean, it's a, it's a kind of an oxymoronic question, but it does get a little bit more compl- complicated because we are hybrid. Um, so what are some other techniques that you have seen work well in a hybrid environment where you're trying to do internal communications more effectively? The, the biggest thing is, and, and this works really well for large to enterprise level companies, then we can bring it down to the smaller companies, but the large enterprise level companies, we build private, secure, internal podcasts for them. So if you had 5,000 employees, 50,000 employees, 150,000 employees, we'll build a podcast and be able to take a look at it, sit there and say, okay, what are we trying to achieve? What's the messaging that we want? What's the conversations that we want to stimulate and build a podcast around that, that is only available to people within the organization. So if you leave the company, you lose access to it and it's stream only, and it enables people to listen where they are, how they want to listen and be able to reference this material along the thing. And not only that, we'll also bring in the material in multiple languages. We'll also take a look at saying, how do we get the management teams to talk about it within their teams? How do we get this, you know, the message to be discussed more on Slack or Teams or whatever in order to be able to drive the message throughout the organization? And that's a really good way because we live in an asynchronous world. I mean, Mm -hmm. a lot of my customers are over 15 different time zones. You can't have an all hands meeting and make it relevant anymore. You need to be able to have material that drives conversation. Not only it can't just be a talking head, it's got to get people to sit there and say, okay, now what do you think about this? And enable a listening post for people to drive that conversation even further. When you're dealing with smaller organizations, you need to bring people together. 
you honestly need to bring people together, whether it's in a hybrid environment, whether it's face-to-face, whether it's, you know, uh, spending the money for small teams to bring people together one, four, 12 times a year, whatever, the investment is there to be able to build that know, like, and trust. You know, it's being able to bring those teams together and let people actually meet each other in ways where it's not just about the technical it's also about getting people to understand who each other are on a personal level, because that enables people to go back to their office, back to their homes, back to wherever, and then have a relationship with these people because they've actually met somebody. Mm-hmm. They've actually shook hands with them. They've actually you know, had coffee with them or whatever. There is a relationship there. I mean, I won't work with a customer now unless they fly me down for a week or so at the beginning of, a, of an engagement. I want to go out there and I want to personally meet the the management team. I want to meet the people involved. I want to meet the people that are working on the floor. I want people to know who I am and that I'm a real person. And after that, we can have meaningful conversations online, but those conversations online are never as meaningful unless I had met these people to begin with. Mm. Makes a lot of sense. It makes a lot of sense. You know, I think it gets harder though if you have teams that are distributed across the globe. Uh, gets harder to fly everybody across the globe. You know, that might be a little it, bit. It's well worth it. I mean, you may not do it monthly. You may not do it. You may do it once a year. Right. My wife's organization flies people in twice a year, and you do that because it's important. Uh-huh. You do that. It's an investment in your people. It's an <laughs> investment in your company, and the. The money that you're going to save by not doing it, you're going to spend that money elsewhere. And you, the the ability to be able to start real conversations and enable people to to break down those the silos and barriers and mistrust is well worth bringing people in the room on a on a consistent basis. Yeah, and that's where you're talking about that half a million dollars worth of losses for a hundred percent company and six. Absolutely. Million. Yeah. Yeah. Makes sense. All right. Well, that's all I had for the most part, but I do want to, uh, you know, end with, uh, you know, asking you a little bit more about what is it that, you know, your services are and what you do and how you help companies. So if you can give a little bit of that for the audience, that'll be helpful. Sure. I mean, what we do is we come in and we sit there and say, why are you not communicating effectively? What are the challenges that you're facing? Whether it's new product development, whether it's product change, whether it's new employees, whether it's health, safety, all types of different issues. How are you not communicating effectively? And companies know that they're not. They just don't know why they're doing it. They don't know how to fix it. Mm-hmm. We come in and help work with you to understand where the where you are, where you're going, and be able to help build that bridge. And that's that's the work that we do. And if people want to get in touch with me, they can reach me at yourbrandmarketing.com. You can book 30 minutes for free. We can have a conversation and let's see if if there's you know ways that we can add value to your organization. Excellent. Well, thanks a lot, Ben. It's a time of big change. Um, you know, and I think we will see some more changes in the future. Maybe we'll be talking in metaverse in a few years. So for all you know. So I appreciate you coming on the show. Thank you very much. Hey, Sri, thanks for having me on the show. Sri Chalapa here. Thank you so much for listening to the People Strategy Leaders Podcast. If you are a successful leader or a people strategist who would like to be on this program, 
please visit engagedly.com slash people strategy leaders podcast. If you got something out of this interview, would you share this episode on social media? If you know someone that would be a great guest, tag them on social media to let them know about the show and include the hashtag people strategy leaders. I love seeing your posts and guest suggestions. We are regularly putting out new episodes and content to make sure you don't miss any episodes. Go ahead and subscribe your thumbs up ratings and reviews go a long way to help promote the show and mean a lot to me and my team. Want to know more? Follow me on LinkedIn and Twitter at Sri Chalapa. Thanks for listening. We will see you next time. And thank you to Patrick Ramsey, sound engineer at Kalinga Production Studios for recording and mixing this show.